Lord, it's all about you. It's all about what you're able to do. It's all about what you have already done. Lord, get us ready for what you want to do. Prepare the soil of our hearts. We have to play the part. We have to open up. We have to open up our hearts. We have to fix our eyes on you. We believe that the greater days are yet to come. We believe that there is a, a revival that you want, you have for us, that you are a life-giving God. You're the true God, the only true God. The world is confused about so many things. Help us to be the church you want us to be. Help us to be people of God that know you. Early in my childhood, we learned a little song called This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. Remember that? Anyone recognize that? And that little song kind of sticks with the person. And today, our, our theme is going to be the light of Jesus. We're going to call this message the, This Little Light of Mine, so you can remember that. I think if you link it to the song, and we might even get brave and sing it at the end of the message. Who knows? Who knows? So I'm going to take you to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. And this is uh, the uh, story of the Sermon on the Mount. Not, the, not just a story, but the message. Jesus is talking about king, kingdom principles, his, his kingdom, which are a lot different than that which is of the world. Wow, that's a nice looking light. Thank you, Austin. That's great. Looks great. Um, I almost brought a stool up because it says in the scripture that Jesus sat down. <laughs> in other words, when he sat down, what did that mean? Maybe you were going to be there a while. Huh? And so uh, I really, I would like to try to envision what it would have been like, uh, you know, being Jesus and looking into every face. And not only could he look into every face, he could look into every heart. And that's, that's the Jesus we serve. Jesus sees your heart today. And he knows when we're, we're struggling, Right? And he knows if we're doing okay, but he knows if our thoughts are wandering, or he knows all about us. And that can be a scary thought, but at the same time, it can be a comforting thought. Because sometimes when people misread you or misunderstand you, Jesus knows exactly where you're coming from. That's a good thing, right? So sometimes trying to communicate the family and 
friends or people in the community, we may get a little bit misunderstood. At times, we got to just hold steady. It's Jesus knows your heart. Jesus sat down. He went on the mountain. He saw the multitudes. He went up on the mountain. He sat down. His disciples came to him. We're reading now from verse 2, Matthew 5. And opening his mouth, he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We're just going to take a little bit of time for each of these. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What is it? Who are the poor in spirit? What does it mean? First of all, blessed has to do with happy. The word means happy. Happy are the poor in spirit. How can you be happy if you're poor in spirit? Really, to try to define this is a little bit of a difficult. It, it has to do with what's in us. And really, when it comes down to it, if we don't know God, we're really poor, right? We don't know the Spirit of the Lord. If we don't have a lot of things, it's okay. If we don't have a lot of material things, it's okay. Jesus has always reached out to the poor. Jesus has many blessings, eternal blessings yet to come for those who don't have, do not have much in this life. And so blessed are the poor in spirit. Has to do, I think, with the attitude of the heart that we recognize that we are really poor except we, need, we have Jesus. We really don't have a whole lot to offer him, recognizing that in ourselves we know our weaknesses, we know our frailties, we know our inabilities. But guess what? I believe one day that we're going to be do things we could never imagine we can do because of those things yet to come. That which is heaven. But this kingdom he's talking about is right now the life you and I, when you get out of your bed tomorrow morning, guess what? The kingdom of God is there. There, That which you're going to go to do, that's not proper language, is it? That which you're going to set out to do tomorrow is going to be about the kingdom when you think about Jesus. See, everything that we do... Sometimes we try to separate all the words secular. That's been in the church a long time. Secular work. What's your secular work? There really shouldn't be any difference as far as our attitude of our heart. So you're called to Jesus. Therefore, when you go about your work or your home, whether it be in a marketplace, it's still a sacrifice to Jesus. Guess what? It's more than just going to work. He says, blessed are those who mourn. This life will be moments of loss. We will have people that we love who slip from us. And there's a process. There's actually a need to mourn. It's okay to mourn. But beyond the mourning, beyond the weeping may last through the night, 
But the psalmist said, joy comes in the morning. What he's saying is that even though it's hard now, that there will be better days to come, and especially toward the eternal things. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. What does that mean? The gentle is one of the gentle gentleness is one of the fruits of the spirit, right? The Bible does talk about that we're going to come back and rule and reign with him, right? That we're actually going to be here on this earth for a long period of time, which was called the millennium. We're going to inherit the earth. But it has more, more than just, I believe, the earthly things, but it's his kingdom, that we are a part of his creation. We're a part of his plan to fulfill the heart of God. Absolutely amazes me how God has made everyone so different and unique, and it's a good thing, isn't it? And how that he has a tailor-made purpose for your life, for you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. See, the beginning the beginning of wanting God is where it starts. In other words, Lord, help me to want to want you. Help me to desire to hunger the things that, that you are about, that your kingdom is here now, and even now we begin to live in such a way that will point the way the heaven above that which is to come. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be saved. You, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot have enough stuff in this life, right? You cannot live in peace without God here. You cannot have true peace except Jesus. Everything that we do, Without Jesus is a feeling of loss, a feeling of uselessness, a feeling of why am I doing what I'm doing? But we begin to realize, wait a minute, Jesus has saved me, he has called me, therefore that which I do takes on purpose and meaning, and then when I begin to think outside of myself, there's no more satisfaction other than knowing that he is my righteousness. I stand complete in him. I stand being made righteous because of his blood that he shed for my sin. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I think he was looking into the eyes of the people that he was talking to, and he could see right into their heart. He was building on the kingdom principle. One of the, one of the main things in God's kingdom is mercy. Aren't you glad? We, we would be doomed without his mercy. His mercy is new every morning. Amen. Lamentations. He has fresh mercy every morning. 
We wake up in the morning and we wonder, well, Lord, here we go. I need your mercy to go through this day because I need to show mercy on people around me. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We, if we want to see God, we have to have a pure heart. If we want to want God to speak to us, want God to uh, illuminate the scriptures, bring alive, bring the message, make it alive in our heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. What is it? What is it? Pure in heart. What is that? That you set only your heart. You set. It was like when Austin was talking last Sunday about throw down your idols. You know that that whole that whole image. Dagon, I believe it was. <laughs> that toppled Dagon. I think that was the name of it. That false image fell when the Ark of Covenant was brought. Pure heart. In other words, our motives are pure. As James talked about having pure motives because we said to ask, you don't have because you don't ask. But when we ask, we need to ask with a pure motive, a right motive so that he wants to give to us. But it's in his accordance to his kingdom that lines up. Though my motives, blessed are the peacemakers. Don't you love people who are peacemakers? You know, they're, they're, these guys are the ones that would, okay, okay, okay. I see your side, I see your side. Let's, let's reason. Let's reason. Peacemaking. Um, it's, it's nice to have peacemakers when you have uh, small children going on a trip. Hello? You remember those? I mean, I want to go to McDonald's. I want to go to Arby's. I want to go to Dairy Queen. And so you try to compromise because you want to keep peace in the camp. And so Jesus comes to give us peace, but we are to carry his peace. How can we be at peace Except that we know that our heart is pure and our heart belongs to him. Therefore, whatever may happen in this life, I don't some, many times do not have control over my circumstances, but I have peace in spite of it. That's a miracle itself. You have peace in spite of what may have occurred, what may have happened. Going back a few years to my leg break, and by the way, I went to get that x-ray because of dealing with the little planters, fasciitis thing here in the last several months. Getting better, praise the Lord, getting better. I think I'm on the mend, but they pulled my x-ray up and showed me, well, this is the break. Remember when you had that break? They showed me, oh, okay, okay, it's really cool. Got metal there and it's hold, held together, but all the bone is filled in. And even got bigger. Praise the Lord. God does mighty things. He created our bodies to heal. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. 
What do people see when they look at us? Hopefully they sense something you have. Why are you so happy? Why are you at peace? Isn't it amazing that people who have went through horrendous things, with the help of God, they're able to, not saying it's easy, but I'm saying that there's a peace that surpasses our understanding. That's huge. So Jesus is referring to the kingdom. His kingdom will come. His kingdom has come because of Jesus coming down to this earth, giving his life on death on a cross, and he defeated death. He was resurrected. Therefore, he's not talking about our salvation here in this passage. He's talking about how you as a person can have the kingdom of God, how you can live it with kingdom-mindedness. Because it doesn't get from here on out. It goes on in to deal with subjects, things of the heart, having to do with lifestyle, having to do with how we treat one another. And he touches in verse 10, blessed are those who have been persecuted. Guess what, church? You know this. That church will be persecuted. Amen? We, we almost have to expect that. In fact, the early church, uh, in a way, celebrated persecution. Here's what they said. Here's what I read from Acts chapter 5, verses 40 through 42. And they took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and order, ordered them to speak no more in the name of Jesus, and then release them. Okay. So they went out, or went on their way for the, from the presence of the council, rejoicing. Are these guys human? or inhuman, or what? How can they go from a, they just received the beating of their life, yet they went right on preaching, and it says, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame, for his that doesn't measure up with this world. That's the difference between God's kingdom and the world's kingdom. God's kingdom's going to last forever. This earthly kingdom is crumbling. It is on the verge of destruction. Because I see it as this. Whenever we put God over here, or we put some other thing in our life that's so-called God, God withdraws. And the blessing or the covering is not upon the church or upon the situation. Just got through the Old Testament. I finished it up this morning. 
you know, Malachi, right on the end, right toward the end, just before you get into the New Testament. Want to find Malachi? Go to New Testament. Matthew, take a swing back to the left, and you got Malachi. Okay? Malachi was talking about the priests had become mechanical in their way of worship. In other words, just like the song you, Anna led us in, going through the motions. They allow their hearts to begin, become mechanical, and they only went through the motions. And their heart, much like what Isaiah said, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are what? Far from me. I don't want to be that way. You don't want to be that way. I want to be what God sees in my heart. A pure heart. I want to be in a place where God see there's there's a person that I can that I can flow through. There's a person that is is on the right track. And see this persecution thing, it wasn't any big deal to the church and to the apostles because they knew they were called to do what God, God had called them to do. There was nothing that was going to stand in the way. There was no they were ready to die for the God. And how can, how can you say that Jesus, as, as, as the scriptures talk about this story where they stole the body of Jesus, how, how, do, how would the apostles have been able to stand up to the persecution that they received unless they really knew that Jesus was alive? And therefore, they were able to go forward and preach the gospel with, without compromise. Willing to be beaten, Willing to be persecuted. Friends, we haven't seen the persecution that other places are going through right now. I pray that we would have mercy. Let's press toward the things of God. That is church, maybe what he desires it to be. So in other words, as he goes on to talk now about this little light, I call it this little light of mine, it's really Jesus' light in you. It's the light of Jesus. Remember the words of Jesus, I am the light of the world, right? I am the light. He comes into a dark world. Darkness is brought on by sinfulness. Darkness and death and all these things were brought because of the, the sins that Adam and Eve started with, but it was transferred on into the mankind of all time, and we therefore have the same uh, need to have the light of Jesus shining in our hearts so that we know our need for him. That I might know that I cannot save myself, but I know that he is the one who's paid the price. Therefore, how do you want me to live now, Lord? How do you want me to respond in this situation, Lord? How am I going to carry on after someone dear to me has been taken from me? How do I go on with life? It's going to be by the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so to be, as Jesus talks about here now, when, when, 
men are casting insults, persecute, you say, call kinds of evil against you on account of me. Remember this one thing. Jesus knows your heart. Right? Jesus sees in your heart. Not my job to judge people. Not my job. Jesus knows what's in your heart. And it will be only that which is in your heart that is that which God desires to take us and shape us and mold us so that the things that are in our heart are the same things that are in God's heart. Does that make sense? That we can get so close to God that we begin to sense what is in his heart. We begin to hear, perhaps a little louder, a little clearer, this is the way, walk in it. And so I have to sort through, I have to press on, even if it's costing me persecution. Even though it's not about me, it's not about my church, it's about his church. This is his church, this is his work. This is his kingdom. And so he said, rejoice, it's just as the apostle said, we rejoice as they went out. I mean, boy, it must have made those people mad. I just can kind of see this. The disciples are beat up, and they get up and they go on praising the Lord, rejoice. It must have made those people that beat them up, made them all the angrier. Amen. Hallelujah. You can't keep the gospel down. You can't stop the work of the Holy Spirit only by your own will. But when you give me a man or a woman who avails himself to God and says, here I am, here I am, use me as you want to, there's nothing that can stand in the way that God wants to raise up a generation that will take this another level, that will take it to the places of the marketplace, that will transform lives because of the lifestyle that they are living themselves. This generation, every generation that comes along, seems like it's a pattern that there's generation one, two, three, and then four maybe, then there's a there's a point almost like there's, there's just a, a dead, we see the history of, history of Israel, we see how the, the pattern goes, they do good for a long time, and then all of a sudden a little bit, a little slips, a little slip there, a little compromise, and they find themselves distant from God, and God has to intervene, and revival needs to happen again. And so, I want to encourage you, this is how we need to keep in order to keep our light on, in order to keep our light shining, we need, as Jesus said, you are the light of the hill, light of, of the world, the city. Verse 14, you are the light of the world, the city set on the hill cannot be hid. How many remember the first time you went to Duluth, being if you grew up in the area? There was always that trip from, I think, I think it was sixth or seventh grade. I'm not sure. I don't even remember. I don't even know if I was on the bus. But the big deal was go to Duluth at the end of the year of school. But that is a city on a hill. 
I think it was daytime, so we never saw much light. Oh, I remember what the teacher said. Make sure you bring gum. Because you're going to go uh, down a hill and, you know, it's gonna, you're gonna, ears are going to pop. Oh, boy. You cannot drive through Duluth at night and not see the, the light. How is our light? Let me rephrase it. How can we let Jesus' light shine? Hey, it'll be natural when you're soaking in his presence. Number one, the word of God as you read it. Point two, I'm skipping a little bit. Kind of similar. Not only read the word, but soak it. What do you mean by that? Well, think on it. Ponder through the day. I had an uncle, Bartlett Peterson. Remember, Linda? He was a minister for many years. Very sharp man. Very talented. Very. We were visiting in Missouri, and he showed me his workshop. He showed his bench and tools. And I noticed, he said, you know, I keep a Bible open. So when I'm sometimes I'm working, I just I reach over and read a few verses. Oh, that's cool. That's discipline. Hey, maybe you put some verses on your wall at home, or you put a card somewhere. Or some maybe I don't know if you guys do this. Write a verse down and put it somewhere, or however you do it. It's about getting the word in our heart keeping it in there so much that it's that which we think about. So how much more kingdom-minded we can become because the word is churning in us. And so we're keeping ourselves sharp and sensitive. Many times the Holy Spirit wants to take a verse that you read somewhere, and if it works sort of like this, Lord, I can't quite remember where it was, but I know it said something like this. And then I have to go look for it and to confirm it. See, as Anna alluded to it, his word is not a, just a history book, it's living and active. So in order for my light to be shining, I have to keep the word, which the psalmist says, thy word is a lamp. Right unto my feet, a light unto my path. A light. There's so many dark things in this world, but when someone says a good word, or has a good word from God, what does it do? It encourages. It brings hope. And so this keeping up in your Bible reading, however you do, you may read. You know, just the Bible, and that's good. That's, I think sometimes we just got to read the Bible. But there are other devotional books are good, too. How many have used uh, Sarah Young's devotional book? One of two, 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 three. I just noticed it showed up 
in our downstairs bathroom. A devotional book. I peeked in it, and it was Emily's gift. It was a gift to Emily. Forgive me, Emily, for sharing this. Uh, but it was, it's, a, it's a devotional by Oswald Chambers, who I never knew a whole lot about. I read this little bit about it. But he was an exceptional man of God who only lived to be, I think, 43. But his words that he, that he wrote and his, was just amazing, his depth and insight. That's a person, I'm not saying we have to all be like Oswald Chambers, but that inspires you to keep the pace, to run the race. You know, something I've never seen before. And so I just started reading it. I couldn't put it down. I couldn't, you know, I'm kind of, it's all marked out for a little short devotional. I'm just reading. I'm just keep reading. I can't put this down. It's just like I gotta read the next one. I gotta read the next one. And so what it is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Lord help us to hunger and thirst for you. This, this world is passing away. This world is not going to last forever, but his kingdom will last forever. And when we stand before him, we want to be in that place where we're just going to step into the next thing. We're already ready. And so stay in his word, soak in his word. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, meditate, think on it day and night. And then, he says, you will make your way prosper. Your life will go better. Your life will be, you will have peace. You will have prosperity of the kingdom. You will further the kingdom. And that's what's most important to God, is that we further the kingdom. So we get out in the community, we rub shoulders with people every day, amen? Some of you guys are really involved. Other guys, let's just, you know, whatever works out, whatever, whatever God's called you to do, but... One of the things that I have, I guess, enjoyed being bivocational is it gets me into the community. I met a man that was tackled by a bear, a black bear. I mean, he really has some stuff to say about that. I couldn't believe some of the things that he went through. I think I shared it at Bible study that he actually was one of his eye got no gross out. And I got popped up. Unbelievable. There's something going on there because God spared his life. And now we, we're, we're working together from time to time. And so every, every once in a while I pick up a little bit on how he's, his philosophy on life. And for some reason, I'm just right now just trying to kind of listen to hear where he's coming from and to do the best job I can and be a light. Being a light doesn't mean you have to rattle off 16 chapters of the Bible and bring them to their knees. That's not necessarily what Jesus is talking about. Be a light. Go about your business honoring people, respecting people, listening to people. Then when it's time to speak, as he gives opportunity, you speak. 
It's, all, it's almost like earning the right to be heard, earning the respect. Respect is so huge if we're going to have anything they will listen to. Did Jesus have the people's respect? Yeah. Although many didn't respect him because they were, they didn't know. When Jesus went and wiped the, and, and washed the disciples' feet, he was, he was the ministry. He was master. And so this whole idea of lighting, letting your light shine has to do with where's your source. So thirdly, stay plugged in. Stay plugged in. Plug into the plug into the scriptures. Plug into the body of Christ. Plug into prayer. Plug into being filled up. And then Jesus told that parable of the ten virgins who five took enough oil to get them through. Five were foolish and careless and didn't bring enough. He was referring to keeping yourself filled. The oil of the Holy Spirit is another way to look at being plugged in, filling up on the oil of the Holy Spirit. How many believe God has fresh oil today? He has fresh oil of the Holy Spirit to encourage you right now, right where you're at. He knows what's on your heart. He knows when you're struggling. He knows when you need a word of encouragement. He knows when you're going through the, the mill, so to speak. He says, be still. Come to me. Receive from me. Don't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You're carrying too much. You're taking on the load that you were never intended to carry. You never were never built to be what Jesus himself can be. Because he will be your burden bearer. He will make your load light. Some of us are stressed out and we get stressed out. Overwhelmed, right? We got to thinking about everything and that's ahead. Let's pull back for a moment. That's the light of Jesus shining on us. So we can go up in this place. Remembering that it's not by in our strength, but by the power of the Lord. So Anna, if you want to come back, prepare yourself for that other song. The blessings of the Lord. are so many, right? The blessings of the Lord we really don't deserve. But as Jesus looked across the multitude, he saw potential. Blessed are those who are poor. See, the first thing in coming to get help is admitting you need help.
We're going to believe God that he's going to help us, right? He's going to help your situation. Why don't you stand and just begin to think about Jesus. Begin to think who, what he said. Begin to think that he's walking even amongst you. And he sees into your heart. Lord, we ask right now that you will fill us with the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit. That your very word would be the desire of our heart. That only we can go only so far, but you, but God. When it looks like we've come to a dead end in our road, a roadblock, it's only a matter of time when you say to us, this is the way, walk in it, go this way. Or to wait and just believe. So with our hearts, sometimes we are tired of so many things. We are weary. And sometimes our lamp, our light begins to dwindle because we take our eyes off you. Oh Lord, plug us in now again. Refresh our light, the lamp of our hearts. For there's a whole wide world around us that needs encouragement, needs to know the way. So help us, Lord, to live as we should. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.